Lady Clara Huckabee trembled. She felt it in her traitorous knees, which threatened to deposit her in an undignified heap on the Grecian Axminster carpet and in her throat, tightened almost unbearably beneath her morning gown's simple velvet neckline. Disappointing her guardian was bad enough, but since he started this fiasco, surely he'd endeavour to bear it. Shocking her aunt, though, for shocking her response would be, was far worse, because it must necessarily cause a measure of pain, and Aunt Helen's sweet soul outweighed her silly, old-fashioned notions. Clara steeled herself. It was their actions, their insistence, which forced her to this miserable necessity. If they refused to consider her wishes in the selection of a husband, her husband, then they must accept some of the blame for the contretemps that ensued. Hopefully the housekeeper wasn't listening behind the closed drawing-room door. A deep breath, and Clara softened her clenched hands into gentler folds. Only then did she trust herself to meet the Viscount Maynard's black eyes, unblinking and glittering. No matter how many times she ordered herself to be meek and affable, he still looked like a possessive lizard. It distresses me to cause grief in anyone, particularly a gentleman as eminent as Lord Maynard, and I find no pleasure in disappointing my esteemed aunt and uncle. She paused. Those reptilian eyes widened and bulged. Perhaps she was the first person to dare cross the arrogant booby. Clara hurried on before she could be interrupted. However, the selection of a lifetime partner is too delicate an operation to be entrusted to any third party, no matter how revered. Kingdoms will neither rise nor fall on my lineage, and therefore I believe my own desires and tastes should be consulted. I am sorry, but I cannot accept my lord's offer of marriage. Viscount Maynard's gaze drifted from her face, drifted lower. The child has an opinion of her own. When he'd asked for her hand, his voice had been courteous and correct. Now he drawled his words, taking twice as long to state a simple sentence. His lips curled as if he smelled something unspeakable. How precocious. Her skin crawled. His gaze boasted weight and mass as if his hand explored her without permission. So much for meek and affable. The Viscount was surely more interested in her inheritance in Papa's money than in her or her hand. My lord, your anxiety to change my opinion must be unbounded. She dropped her most formal curtsy and escaped from the drawing-room. Let him eat cake, just not hers. After the drawing-room's sun-drenched warmth, the cool Grecian elegance of the entryway made her face feel hot. If the housekeeper had bent her ear to the door, she'd run in time. With luck, Clara would escape too, without additional arguments but on the curved stairway's far side the library door stood ajar. That would be Uncle David's temporary retreat, and he'd be listening for the first sign of movement. Yes, there was his shadow, approaching the doorway, no time to spare. Clara composed her expression as she ran up the white marble stairs, her slippers soundless, her pale muslin skirt gathered in one hand, the other trailing up the ebony banister. A few moments alone, hidden in the old schoolroom where Papa had taught her mathematics and the stars, and she'd compose herself. The little telescope was still there, beneath the heavy canvas covering they'd sewn for it, pointing as he'd left it to the merchant shipping and men of war anchored in the sound. If she held the canvas close to her face and breathed deeply, sometimes, it seemed, she could still smell his musky scent on the neat stitching, so much more even than her own. The memory cooled her temper, but did nothing for the hole he had left behind in her heart. She'd always miss him, always, and no man, certainly not that tilted twaddle, could ever remove him from the foremost place in her heart. Aunt Helen waited at the top of the stairs, almost dancing in place. The artless little brunette wisps fallen from her upturned hair framed her delighted smile, 
and she held out her hands as Clara paused, three steps below. Surely Aunt Helen, with her superb taste, hadn't presumed she'd accept that man. Our Viscountess to be, my beautiful niece, I wish you joy. Inexplicable, but horribly true. In regard to my fortunate escape, I'm sure. The tart words tumbled forth without thought, but there was no recalling them, and while it had been dreadful imagining Aunt Helen's shock, seeing it only added a cold edge of satisfaction to Clara's anger. You didn't... you didn't refuse him? Clara, how could you? With relief and a smile, I assure you. Dear Aunt, how could you imagine I'd agree to marry anyone so cold and arrogant? But he is a Viscount. The ways of the nobility are not like ours. Great wealth and vast landholdings dating from generations long gone give a titled man a sense of entitlement that you and I cannot understand. He would make an excellent husband for you.'